This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 55 of the On The Banks Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11, and, of course, you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. There are many ways to listen to this podcast and every episode we have. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find us on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, you can find all of our podcasts and so much more great content by going to onthebanks.com. I'm very excited to be joined on episode 55 by national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports, Brian Doan. College football recruiting, as we all know, is so fluid and is constantly changing Really, day-to-day, you know, one day a fan base could be thinking the next big recruit is going to commit to the program, and the next day that same fan base could hear completely different news. As we are in the early stages of Greg Schiano's second tenure here at Rutgers, he's been busy recruiting coaches to join his staff as well as players to help, you know, ultimately move this program forward. What a hire by Coach Schiano, first and foremost, getting Fran Brown to come over from Temple and join Rutgers as the secondary's coach. He has a track record of superbly developing defensive backs from his times at Temple and Baylor, and he's a fantastic recruiter, specifically of South Jersey. Before we hear from Brian, you know, I do want to say that we spoke on Monday, December 9th. You know, obviously, so much has happened in the recruiting world for Rutgers since then. Coach Yano has gotten, I believe, four or five commitments. He's gotten the flips of Malachi Melton, Chris Long, and Robert Longerbeam, and has secured the pledges of others as well, such as Tunde Fadakasi. It has been a great run for Coach Shiano only a week after he was officially hired, and it's really brought a buzz to this football program. He has had limited time before the early signing day on December 18th, but has made the most of it and has upgraded the talent on this team. The best thing about it is that he's not done. There is still a lot of time left overall in recruiting, and we know Greg Shiano will work tirelessly to get this program better. So who really better to talk about everything Rutgers recruiting than 24-7 national recruiting analyst Brian Doan. Time to talk to the reporters. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. Greg Schiano is back, bringing in a new coaching staff as well as new recruits to discuss Rutgers football during this exciting time for the program as we get closer and closer to early signing day on December 18th. I am pleased to be joined by national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports, Brian Doan. Brian, how are you? Thanks so much for coming on to talk Rutgers football recruiting. Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks for having me on. So let's start with that date on everyone's mind. December 18th, early signing day is right around the corner. Rutgers, I think, backed themselves into a tough spot going so long without a permanent head coach in place. You know, even though we know Greg Schiano's ability as a recruiter and the excitement that he brings, do you think Rutgers hurt itself in recruiting and just Shiano's ability to make an impact in the 2020 early signing class by not hiring him until really early December? Yeah, I, I think, I, you know, a lot of people thought you hire somebody like in October and it could really change things. And that's not really the case. But, you know, they had so much time to do this that this thing should have been done with a week left in the season and then, you know, he could have started laying the groundwork for building his staff and, and really talking to assistants and, and, and offer, you know, making offers to them. And then also really been able to get on the road recruiting that Sunday right after the season ended or Monday. And instead, you know, they, they delayed and kind of waited. He's 
He's in the process now of sleeping about four seconds a day because he's trying to hire a staff. He's trying to get his recruiting team together, and he, he's out there making all these visits. And so they missed a key time. And I'm not one that believes that something had to be done by October or early November. That, that's not what I'm saying here because even if he was hired, it would have been so limited what he would have been able to do. Um and, and, you know, there would have been other issues with it because then people would have wanted him to, you know, really take over the program and, and stuff like that on the field, which wasn't going to happen. But, yeah, I think they were probably, you know, a week late, you know, maybe 10 days late that, to getting this done where it should have been done. And, and it would have allowed him to really plan things out a little differently than instead of, you know, now you got to watch film with the staff you know, at five in the morning before you hit the road at nine in the morning and, and you're, you're doing that day by day. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it did hurt them in some regards. Let's talk about this current class. You know, we have seen a majority stay committed. And of course, there's been a few decommits. And we assume that is mainly because of just general scheme fit. But with the guys who are still a part of this committed crew, who are a few that really stand out to you and that you believe could really make a big impact at Rutgers during their career? Yeah, you know, one of the kids I really like is Evan Simon, the quarterback out of Pennsylvania from Mannheim Central. And, you know, after Shiano was hired that first day, he went and, and visited a couple kids in Pennsylvania, and Evan Simon was one of them. And, look, he's not one of those quarterbacks that's going to come in and, and tear it up as a freshman like you, you see, you know, at maybe the, the Georgias and, and Clemson or whatever. And, and that's fine because even though that happens, those are so few and far between but he's a kid that has good arm strength, mobility, can pick up yards with his feet. Um, he's not really a dual threat, but he has mobility to where he can really extend plays and get outside of the pocket. And this is a an organization right now that, I mean, look, it needs massive talent upgrades across the board. And it just needs more depth in the quarterback room. And I think you saw that during the season. And with Art Sikowski saying he's staying, which – Look, that's one of the big recruiting wins right there is is keeping Sitkowski in the program. And people are like, well, geez, why do you want, you know, why? He didn't do much. Well, two things. You know, with Sitkowski, he's a guy that he didn't really play as a senior. When he was at Old Bridge, he was in more of an option offense. Didn't play much at IMG. Is thrown into Rutgers where the offensive line couldn't block. He didn't have playmakers at the receiver position. And he's a true freshman. So the the deck was really stacked against him. But I look at the fact that I think he completed it's right around 70% of his passes in his first few games before he decided to redshirt. And the reason he wanted to redshirt was he didn't want to waste a year just sitting there saying, you know, what could I have been doing, you know, maybe down the line. And, and you don't know, you know, the offense that they wanted to run and all that stuff. So I, I think – you have to look at that as a big recruiting win also for Shiano. You know, a common criticism we hear from Greg Shiano detractors is that kids don't know much about Greg Shiano anymore and what he did here a decade ago. Most kids he will recruit now were four or five years old, really, in 2006. Are you seeing that as an issue now with kids just not knowing what Greg Shiano did here the first time? Or are kids still generally familiar with Coach Shiano because of what he did here as well as the NFL and, of course, Ohio State? Yeah, well, well, two things. Um, if you're a detractor, that, that's fine, and I get everybody's entitled to their opinion. But since Rutgers decided to move to, you know, quote-unquote big-time college football back in the late 70s when Frank Burns was the coach, there's one guy who figured out how to do it. 
So, and, and that, you know, um, nobody else figured out how to actually win. And you can say, well, the Big East isn't the Big Ten. Well, those Big East teams, go look and see what Miami, Virginia Tech, and West Virginia was at that time um, nationally. As far as kids not knowing them, yeah, there's some truth to that. Um, but two things about that. The parents know them, and the high school coaches know them, and that's very important because they're the people with these kids all the time. So when he gets hired and when he's talked about, the parents know him and can talk about him. And, oh, I remember when Rutgers was good and relevant in this. And the high school coaches know him. And you see that with what happened when they just butchered the hiring in the first place and the public outcry from it. So from that, I don't buy. And then the other thing is this. The way recruiting has evolved is there's about seven teams that the elite kids want to go to. Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, you know, pick a few more. Well, the last two years, Greg Schiano was the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. So when he was coming into the state to recruit, everybody knew who he was. And those kids wanted to go play for him on defense. And that's who they knew him as is maybe not what he did at Ohio at, at Rutgers. But wait a minute, this is the dude who's at Ohio State. And so there's also that name recognition based on the fact that he had done it before at Rutgers. He's a familiar name. He has great relationships. And so you can tie it all together. And, you know, listen, I, I heard all these people, not all, but I, I heard enough people talk about can he recruit, can he do that, can he do this. I mean, you know, other than being, I think one year he finished first as the recruiter of the year and the other year he finished second as recruiter of the year for 24-7 sports. So, I mean, the, the guy knows how to recruit. Chris Ash, toward the end of his tenure, tried to go down south and had, you know, mild success. Of course, no coach at Rutgers has been as successful in the state as Greg Schiano. Do you believe he will try and revive that Florida connection that helped him so much during his time here previously? And besides Florida, do you think he tries to branch out into other states as well that really haven't historically been highly recruited states for Rutgers? Yeah, I think the first thing with Florida is, um, you know, I think he'll recruit down there. I mean, I know he'll recruit down there because uh, I know a couple of kids that he's looking at, even in the 20 class. Um, but, you know, the, Chris Ash recruited down there, and they pulled some players from down there later in his tenure. Um, you know, there's even a kid, you know, there's actually two kids committed in the 20 class right now that committed to Ash that are from Florida. The idea was when Ash got the job, the administration pushed and said, we need Jersey kids, you know, let's you know recruit up here more. And so he focused on that. And now you can blame him for that. But the fact is that's what he was asked to do when he did it. And I think he should have said, no, I'm going to recruit Florida. Um, I think Shiana will do it. He recruited uh, Florida for Ohio state. Um, he's known down there from his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so he has plenty of connections down there. And yeah, I think there's going to be other places. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be, hey, let's go recruit Tennessee or, hey, let's go recruit Missouri or wherever for him. I think it's going to be places that are familiar that maybe he recruited when he was at Ohio State and he made some connections, you know, or maybe some places that the staff he's hiring has connections, whether it's, you know, you're seeing more schools going into Georgia now because Georgia has a lot of really good talent and you see schools like Maryland going into Georgia more. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Texas you'll, you'll get into there a little bit because 
he recruited down in Texas for Ohio State, and there's relationships there, and there's a bundle of kids, you know, in Texas. And, you know, people always talk about, well, New Jersey's talent-rich and talent-rich. And, yeah, for the size of New Jersey it is, but, I mean, South Florida sends more kids to Power 5 schools than anywhere in the country. So, you know, there's there's plenty of talent in other places um, than New Jersey that you can just get a quick flight up to Newark or, or, you know, somewhere around there. So Greg Schiano knows from his time here and at Ohio State the importance of obviously in-state recruiting. You know, he has said he is going to really put a priority on New Jersey kids and the players in-state. It's obviously so crucial to getting those players and, and putting together a staff that goes out and ultimately convinces them to come to Rutgers. He retained Nunzio. He obviously hired Fran Brown away from Temple, which was huge. And we hear names like Eli Robinson, Sean Gleason, Anthony Campanelli. How New Jersey-centric do you see Coach Ciano making this staff when all is said and done? Do you see him loading up on NJ guys, or do you see him bringing in maybe another couple NJ coaches and then spreading out the rest with staff from other key states like Florida, Ohio, and the others you mentioned? Yeah, I, I think I think that's what it's going to be. I think he's going to bring in some guys that are really good at New Jersey. And, you, know, you can also bring in some support staff guys, too, who maybe are not out on the road or on-field coaches, but in more developmental roles that really help. I can see that. But I think, yeah, you got to bring in some guys from New Jersey because you can't just have one person with the ties in North Jersey, one with the ties in South Jersey. You want to have that nice mix. But, again, you, there's – I mean, listen, th- th- there's not enough kids in New Jersey just to recruit only New Jersey and New York. You, you have to go supplement it from everywhere else, too. I mean, it's unrealistic that all 25 kids every year are going to be from 150 miles from campus. That's just not the way it works. So you want somebody, you know, South Jersey who has Philly connections, North Jersey. You want to make sure you have the New York connections because New York has been good to Rutgers. Um, they get kids from there. You want to make sure maybe you have somebody with Maryland connections or the DMV because you can get a kid or two there. And then you want to have the Florida or somewhere else um, just because – it gives you a bigger pool to choose from and it, it allows you to recruit more specific. If you know, Oh, look, we need a six, five defensive lineman. We need a six, five defensive end who can play in the big 10. Well, how many are there in New Jersey? It's not like there's like 20 of them just waiting saying, pick me, pick me. So you have to go find these kids, other places, um, you know, or quarterbacks. What do you do for, you know, 22 classes is really good in New Jersey, but, you know, look at the 20 class. Well, they went to Pennsylvania to get one because there weren't a ton in the 20 class that can play at a Big Ten level. And so you have to make sure you have connections in other places. Joined by national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports, Brian Doan. So, Brian, looking at recruiting so far, Greg Schiano's already out giving offers. You know, more are expected, and he's already gotten his first commit what positions do you think he prioritizes in these early recruiting classes? Yeah, well, every, he needs to prioritize everyone. But, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, and I think people that watch it understand that I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think when you really look at what he's doing, you're seeing the offensive line. You're, you're seeing, you know, they offered a JUCO um, in New York on the offensive line. They offered um, Tunde Fadakazi, who has one brother who plays for the Jets. Another brother is a linebacker, Olakunle Fadakazi at Rutgers. And he, you know, so Tunde is from Erasmus Hall. And you look at that, um, 
they got involved with a transfer kid, Chris Blake, who was down at Florida, who's now in, you know, back home in Pennsylvania. And so when you look at it, that's where they're, they're going. Even Isaiah Wright from St. Peter's prep, who could be a D lineman, offensive lineman, you know, you kind of get the sense maybe he's, he's looking more offensive line when he gets to Rutgers. That'll have to be figured out once he gets to campus. But yeah, I think, I think you look at the line of scrimmage and anybody that watched Rutgers knows they just need to be better on the offensive line. And then defensive line is also a need because they don't have really good size and, and length there. And you're trying to find these kids that, you know, the new way to, to, to recruit a lot is, you know, you're looking for it on the offensive line. You're looking for that 6'5", 260-pound kid who you can put weight on and they become, you know, more flexible, more athletic than maybe the kid who's 6'5", 300. And on the defensive side, you're trying to take a kid who maybe – you know, is a is a six four linebacker who you can play at defensive end, or maybe you're taking that six three two hundred and thirty pounds kid in high school and taking him to play inside as a defensive tackle. But yeah, the, the places that he's looking the most, you know, from what from what you see, is the line of scrimmage, offensive and defensive line, and and it's it's needed. So based off of what you've heard from commits, you know, uncommitted kids, kids right now committed elsewhere. How significantly has the return of Greg Schiano changed the perception of Rutgers football from kids that he's obviously actively recruiting to join this program? Yeah, it, it's changed it in a big way. And, and in, in a weird way, he was probably helped a lot by the fact that Rutgers tried not to hire him. <laughs> and there was this and there was this just huge backlash from it because all of a sudden it became newsworthy. And it was almost like, you know, you sat there tracking what was going on? I remember Thanksgiving dinner at my mom's house. She's 77 asking me, hey, are they actually going to hire this guy or, or, or not? <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it was like, well, you know, I, I think it'll get done. And she's like, well, how, you know, 77 years old. She's like, how dumb are they that they wouldn't hire him? Um, you know, but it, it's, you know, so you, you got a lot of publicity out of that. And the reason you had the publicity is because everybody wanted back. And I don't, I mean, I don't mean fans, everybody. I mean, High school coaches wanted them back. I mean, the High School Coaches Association put out a statement saying, you know, basically hire them. You had guys in South Jersey, you know, on Twitter, you know, coaches. I mean, coaches who, you know, Vineland, who has two kids at Rutgers and another kid who's committed to Virginia Tech that just made an official visit to Rutgers this past weekend saying, hey, you know, with them not hiring Shiano, I don't know what to say, but I'm not sending any more kids to Rutgers and I'm not telling anybody in South Jersey to go to Rutgers. So, now that you hire them, all of a sudden it's like, okay, here we go. Now it's already that built-in credibility where, you know, I remember when Shiano left, um, it was a time right before he left, kids started getting mad when they didn't get Rutgers offers. People like, I can't believe Rutgers didn't offer me. And they would get mad. And then when they finally got the offer, it was a sense of relief that they got the offer. And he has that credibility built up. So you asked, you know, earlier – in this about um, do kids know it? Well, the parents know it. And so everybody knows who this guy is inside the state. And and so it, it makes his job a little bit easier. And it, it, he's gotten into some places and he's involved with some, you know, kids in New Jersey that instead of saying, hey, can we get them interested? It's yes, they're interested. Now, can we, you know, if they're committed to another school, can we flip them? 
that's the mentality now. So yeah, I, I think it's, I think he's been well received and, you know, you wish if you're a Rutgers fan, at least you had, you know, maybe three weeks or four weeks of this instead of two. One huge weapon for Coach Ciano that wasn't around in part one is the transfer portal. It's obviously somewhere where Greg Ciano can go and dip in to bring more talent into this program. How active do you foresee him being with this avenue as he tries to obviously bring in players who are already physically ready to play right away? Yeah, I, I think he's going to be really active. And I think, you know, that is one thing that is going to change timetables for coaches across the country in terms of how quick can you turn things around because that portal stuff takes you from having to wait three years to develop a high school offensive lineman to having a kid ready to go. And, you know, it's not just kids that are going to move down, like maybe a kid who can't cut it at, you know, a top 10 school will then kind of drop down maybe to a mid-level school to play. You're also going to see, look at, look at what Jonah Jackson did from Rutgers last year. He left Rutgers and now he's at Ohio state playing for a national title. And so you may see some, you know, group of five kids who have really done well say, you know what, I want to challenge myself against a big 10 schedule and maybe go to Rutgers and, develop more and kind of increase draft status and all that stuff. So I, I think it's something that coaches are still learning how to navigate and he's going to have to show that he knows how to navigate it. And it's tough because I think coaches, when you look around the country are still trying to figure it out exactly how many scholarships do you hold open? And then the other factor of it is, I mean, if, if you're a kid going into the transfer portal you know, a lot of these kids have no idea what they're getting into. Once you go into the portal, that scholarship, they, they don't have to, you know, honor that scholarship anymore. If you say, hey, I want to come back, they can say, hey, yeah, you can come back just as a walk-on. Um, so once you go into the portal, you, you lose that right as a scholarship player. And so I'm, I'm just continually amazed at how many kids go into this portal, including kids that went into the portal with a couple games left in their season, where they don't realize that coaches are looking there saying, geez, we've we got to make sure on this one because that's somebody that kind of bailed on his team kind of deal. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a really complex issue. And I'd be lying if I told you that coaches had it figured out or if I knew how it was going to play out. But I expect it to be a big part of his building process. Brian, a couple more before I let you go. We have heard on message boards, Twitter, Facebook, and many other sites, how with a new staff come potential flip candidates. Are there any names you can divulge that Rutgers is really looking at and going after, trying to get them from whatever school they're committed to now over to becoming Scarlet Knights? Yeah, I mean, the first one's Chris Long, who's at Willingboro High, who, you know, he was committed to Temple. He, you know, decommitted from Temple Monday, late morning, early afternoon. He's expected to wind up at Rutgers. You're looking at Tyrene Powell from Vineland, who's committed to Virginia Tech, who just made an official visit to campus. Um, and then you look at what happened at Tech. You know, he's a safety outside linebacker type. Well, Bud Foster retired as a D coordinator. They hired, um, you know, Hamilton, who was on staff as a D coordinator, and they his main recruiter, Brian Mitchell, is no longer on staff at Virginia Tech. So he is a prime flip candidate, you know, and then 
they met, at, you know, Bow Mountain's brother Malachi, who's committed to Purdue. They were able to scout him on Sunday. They were at the school last week to check him out. Um, Rick Mance was down there at Cedar Creek down in uh, South Jersey. And then they were able to talk to Malachi after a state championship game, which is played at Rutgers. And then the rule is you have to get released from the event. So he got released from the event and then was able to talk to Rutgers again. And given that Malachi's brother is at Rutgers, Bo Melton, and their parents both played at Rutgers, one played basketball, one played football. Um, you know, that, that is a surefire um, one that you look at to flip. And then we'll see what happens in the, in the coming days because this is when Shiana will be getting out to see, um, make a lot of in-home visits and, and stuff like that. So it's something that literally will change every two to three hours on whose home they can get into and who will be able to make a visit to campus this weekend. Last one, Brian. The guy every Rutgers fan has their eyes on is Jalen Berger out of Don Bosco. He has been visited by Greg Schiano. You know, I could be wrong, but I believe that he will announce where he's going in January. What's the latest you've heard regarding Berger and where Rutgers currently stands with him as we, you know, are a week away from early signing day? Yeah, it's a good question because that's the that's stuff that um... – a lot of people want to know about not just at Rutgers, but Wisconsin and UCLA. So um, we'll see if we can do the Cliff Notes version because <laughs> I like to talk a little bit. Um, okay, so he made an official visit to Wisconsin. He's supposed to go on an official visit to UCLA this coming up weekend. Chip Kelly, the UCLA coach, is supposed to be in his home on Tuesday. Wisconsin, which was playing in a Big Ten title game last week, was not able to visit him this week. Wisconsin will visit him. Rutgers is trying to get him to visit this weekend with the idea being he's announcing at the All-American Bowl down in San Antonio, I think it's January 4th. There's a thought he can sign on December 18th. Nobody says anything about it. The school doesn't announce it wherever he signs with. And then he announces on January 4th. And some kids have done that in the past. There's another thought that he may just wait, not sign, he can still announce on the 4th, but then sign in February, which would then open up the last few weeks of January for schools to still recruit him. So if you're Rutgers, you're in it. You have a really good chance in it. I thought the prospects of him going away, you know, going away far from school, I always thought they were kind of on the lower side with him. So the thing to watch is, does he visit Rutgers this weekend? If he does not visit Rutgers this weekend, then I think that diminishes their chances. But then the next question you have to find out the answer to is when is he going to sign? Not when's he going to announce, when is he going to sign? Because he can announce on January 4th and not sign. And then he's just fair game and he can visit in January. So I, I think that's what you really look for. I wish I had an answer for you right now, but there is no answer. Recruiting is always so fluid, it is never really a straight line, and with Greg Schiano back at the helm of Rutgers football, it seems to be more active now than it has been in a long time. National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports, Brian Doan. Brian, thanks so much for joining me as always and breaking down Rutgers recruiting as we get closer and closer to early signing day. I appreciate you having me on. I want to thank Brian for coming on the podcast to talk Rutgers football recruiting and what is such a crazy time for this program and Greg Schiano. 
like Brian said, you know, Coach Chiano is not only focused on bringing in talent to help him, obviously, on the field, but is also focused on bringing in talent off the field to join his coaching staff. The Fran Brown hire was huge. There's no doubt about that. You know, I think we will see in short order the effect that hire has on getting kids to potentially flip to Rutgers, specifically South Jersey kids, and getting uncommitted kids to make their pledges to the Scarlet Knights. All eyes, as I discussed with Brian, are obviously on Jalen Berger. You know, he's a game changer and would be an instant weapon for the Scarlet Knights. He's an athlete. He can play multiple positions, and that versatility would be so crucial for this program trying to rebuild. He would really be that big name, that highly rated leader of the class to set up this 2020 group with a bang. What he does going forward will certainly be interesting, as Brian said. There is so much to watch for in the coming weeks with him that could ultimately provide clues as to what his college choice might ultimately be. The positive aspect excuse me, of all of this, however, at least as of right now, is that Cochiano and Rutgers, they have more than a puncher's chance. They have a very realistic shot at securing the talent of Jalen Berger to really make a statement with a top two player in the state of New Jersey and to show really all New Jersey kids that Rutgers is the place to be going forward and that under Greg Schiano, Rutgers is definitely headed in the right direction here on the Banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.